Hi, I'm so glad you could join me. Welcome to my podcast where I share my thoughts in randomness. With the busyness of life, it can be difficult to find time for good conversation. So, grab a cup of coffee, let's have a chat, and let's be friends. Hey everyone, welcome to my podcast. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Today, I thought I'd do something a little bit different for this episode. Um, I have been thinking about how important it is to have a walk with God and how what we do and what we say uh, depends on if we're walking with God or not, first of all, and if we are walking with God, how close we're walking with God. Um, so that's something that has been on my mind lately and how the basics of walking with God, like the first thing you need to do is reading your Bible and praying every day. And so instead of just talking about, okay, let's, you know, do this or how, how you get closer to God, etc. I thought I would just share some interesting things I've been learning from my Bible reading lately, some things that God has been showing me, and um, it's always exciting to read your Bible, and or <clears throat> it's always exciting when I read my Bible and God shows me things, because that means he's speaking to me through his Holy Spirit, and it's super fun. I just, I really enjoy it. So I thought I would share some of the stuff that I've learned from my Bible reading, um, And hopefully it'll be encouragement to you. And I just want to encourage you as well to read your Bible and pray every day and to grow your walk with the Lord because it's so important and it's so necessary for life. Um, Anyway, so I guess I'll start with today's reading. Uh, Right now I'm reading in Leviticus and Psalms. I chose a Bible reading plan this year that goes through the Bible from beginning to end, except for Psalms, we read a Psalm every day. And that's been really nice. Um, one verse that stood out to me in Leviticus was Leviticus 19:18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. A couple interesting thoughts that God brought to mind in this was, first of all, I had been thinking about Oh, I wonder if there's a verse in the Bible that actually talks about not holding a grudge. Now, I know it talks about loving your neighbors yourself and um, being kind to other people and not being angry and etc. So that was really interesting. I'm super glad that I noticed that or that God pointed that verse out to me because um, it specifically says, nor bear any grudge against the children of that people. Um, and also talks about not avenging and uh, I talked a little bit about that last week. So I thought that was interesting because I am a type of person that if I'm not careful, I can easily hold a grudge. Um, and so I was very glad for that reminder. Um, another thought that came from this is thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So that's the end of the verse. And, um, I thought to myself, huh? So does that mean if you hate yourself that you can hate other people too? Well, there's, and uh, I think it is Matthew, but I cannot remember for sure. Um, the Bible says that if you hate your brother, it's like murdering him. So, um, 
you can't hate people because that's just as bad as killing them. And the Bible says thou shalt not kill. So I was like, well, then if you hate yourself, is that like killing yourself? You know, not necessarily saying that is what it means. That was just an interesting thought. And also thinking of if you hate yourself, you're being ungrateful and doing God a disservice, I guess, or just, yeah, just being ungrateful for who God made you to be. And sometimes it's easy to fall into that trap of self-loathing. Um, but we should, and we shouldn't, you know, be proud and we shouldn't um, love ourselves and think we're, you know, the best thing in the world. But we shouldn't, we also shouldn't hate ourselves. And so that was an interesting thought. And then, um, same chapter of Leviticus, Leviticus verses 33 through 36, some interesting things stood out to me. Um, so 33 and 34 says, and if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, you shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So I thought that was interesting too, because not only in Hebrews 13 it says that we should entertain strangers, because some have entertained angels unawares by doing that, uh, which I think is just so cool. <laughs> that kind of blows my mind, like, whoa, in entertaining strangers, what if, you know, we entertain angels? But we wouldn't know that. Like, that's, I don't know, that's just crazy to me. But in here it says that um, that we should treat him. He says, he shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. So not only are we supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves, or, and, well, I suppose anyone could be classified as your neighbor, um, or love the brethren. We're supposed to love strangers as ourselves. And I know there's a popular phrase that goes around, uh, stranger danger. Um which we still need to be careful, especially as the world grows more wicked and you don't just, you know, trust every anyone and everyone with everything. But also it has become to the point where, like, we just don't talk to any stranger at all. Well, how are we supposed to share the gospel with somebody if we have to know them first? That's, you know, God doesn't put that qualifier on sharing the gospel. So those are just some thoughts from those. And then the verses 35 and 36 uh, you shall do no unrighteousness in judgment in meat, in, um, in meats. Wait, hold on. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, I'm going to look this one up because I think I misspelled something. <laughs> but let's see here. Look up Leviticus 30, 19.35. Okay. Oh, that's what it says. <laughs> okay. Um, meat yard in weight or in measure. That must be from like our meter. I'm wondering. Uh, just balances, just weights, a just ephah and a just hinge shall ye have. I'm the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. That was interesting because um, often there's usually, well, you can, in this specific instance, it was talking about measurements. Um, you're making sure everything is is even, making sure everything is correct. 
But also I, I've thought about it in life too, how many things that we over-exaggerate or how many things that we have such an extreme opinion on and the Lord is a just weight is his delight. Um, so there should ought to be a balance in our life. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's a couple of thoughts from today's reading. Uh, something, I did some extra reading yesterday or well, last night because I had trouble sleeping. And so I did a little bit of reading. Um, I read James chapter one, I think it was. Yeah. And then this morning I added a couple verses to it, but James chapter one, some of the verses I wrote down, um, verses two through four, my brethren counted all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. That would, oops. I keep accidentally hitting the microphone, so excuse the extra noise if it's there. I, I don't know. <laughs> the way I have it set up is a little bit weird because it comes right down in front of my face, but it's close to my arm, and so when I try to move my notebook to read my notes, sometimes I accidentally hit it. Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting because we will encounter trials and temptations, and... They're not easy, but they are there to strengthen us. And um, it says, I thought this was interesting because we, we hear about, you know, trying to, or counting it all joy. And uh, that's good. And it says, the trying of your faith work, patience. But verse four, I just thought was so interesting. Um, this says, but let patience have her perfect work. So it's saying, just let, just work through what you're going through. Um, it says that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And I just think it's so cool. As, as hard as trials and, and temptations are, as frustrating as they can be, God is using this to make us perfect, to make us entire. So that way there will, you know, we will be wanting nothing. There will be nothing to want in, in who we are, is at least from what I can understand from these verses. Um, and then James 1.12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And that I thought was very fascinating because first it tells us to let patience have her perfect work. Let patience have her perfect work. And then it says, if we endure the temptation, then we get a crown of life. And I just, I think that's so cool. Um, there's just so many things that God has for us that we just, we miss out on because we quit too soon. Um, and then James chapter one, verses 19 through 22 Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And that can be a very difficult thing, because I, if I'm not careful, if I'm not walking in the spirit, I, am a very, I can be a very angry person if something rubs me the wrong way. But... It says to be slow to wrath, 
We're supposed to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because, well, it says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We're not helping God any. We're not getting anywhere by being angry. And that was just a good reminder. Um, I thought this was interesting to you, James 1, 25 through 27. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. That was interesting to me because it talks about in verse 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And it reminded me again of how much people push their convictions as religion, as we have to do this. No, I'm not saying the conviction is wrong um, because God gives everyone different convictions for different reasons. And we need to obey God when he gives us a conviction. But if it's not something that's clearly stated in God's word and you preach it as gospel truth, um, so you're not bridling your tongue, you're deceiving your own heart into thinking this is gospel truth. This, this man's religion is vain. Well, there's no point in doing that because there is no profit to that. We're supposed to be encouraging um, each other. And then a couple of verses that I added to those thoughts um, this morning was uh, Psalm 55, 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And I thought that was interesting. Along the lines of trials and temptations, that if we just give that to God and we just let him take care of it, it says he shall sustain thee. He'll help us through. And, and he shall suffer the he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Um, he is going to keep us where we need to be. He's going to keep us firmly planted. And um, that is just so encouraging. I don't know about you, but it is encouraging to me. And there's another verse. I wrote down a couple more verses, but there was one I'm looking up. That is really good. Here we go. First Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. He doesn't leave you in temptation. He doesn't leave me in temptation. He's right there, and he's making a way to escape. It's just if we will we choose to take that or not. Uh, Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So these verses are very similar to the ones in James. And patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So those are just some interesting verses that God brought to my attention. Um, oh, some more just uh, random verses that... God helped me with today. I have to look them up again. 
Um, so I was on my brother's podcast tonight. If you want to go check that out, it's the Odd Unicorn podcast. It's very informative, very helpful. Um, but we were talking about studying God's word. And a couple verses I used uh, were study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. This is Second Timothy two fifteen and 16, which kind of go along with, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridled not his tongue, but deceived with his own heart, this man's religion is vain. I thought it was interesting because verse 16 says, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto godliness. And that kind of goes along with that thought of um, when we're just pushing things that God doesn't lay out specifically in his word, that is maybe just a conviction for us, we're just going to push people away. And it will lead to things that are not good. It'll increase the more ungodliness. Um, a couple other notes that I thought was interesting. This is more of a personal note, something that God brought to my mind that really helped me today. Um, is Proverbs thirteen twelve: Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Proverbs fifteen thirteen: A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. In Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth bones. And I was thinking about this because sometimes I guess I don't always understand the way I feel because emotions can be complicated. But I thought it, it was such a blessing that God showed me these verses because sometimes I will feel frustrated or upset at something or someone and if I think about it logically I had no cause to be um and then I thought about it and thought about how maybe the root of the problem is more than just that situation um it's not necessarily people were mad at but it's maybe how how the things are going and I was thinking about how, you know, it says hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And in Proverbs 15, 13, the end of the verse, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 17, 22, the end says, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. So when we have a sick and broken heart from not from our hope being deferred, if we get a sick heart, which often can lead to brokenness, um, it can be difficult to deal with certain things that remind us of situations that have caused us pain or remind us of things that we so desperately hoped for that we didn't get. So unfulfilled hopes and dreams and desires. And a thought occurred to me that sometimes people will touch on a painful spot that they don't know, they have no idea about, but it hurts just the same. But we can't blame them for the pain 
because they have no idea. And so it seems like we're mad at this person. We're mad at, at whatever. But I know at least for me, it's easy to project the, oh, well, this, you know, this project things that happened in the past to situate people in situations right now. And it can be a difficult thing because it, especially if you hope for something that's good, that's a good desire. Um, and it doesn't, you don't get that desire. Even if it's a biblical desire, like, uh, wanting children or wanting the connection with uh, parents or a spouse or family or just people wanting that connection and wanting to um, show them that they're valued and you want to feel valued or, you know, things like that, that you, that, you know, you have those desires, but you are, you are constantly rejected um, or, you know, you just, you don't, haven't gotten that desire yet. It hasn't been fulfilled. That can be a painful thing. And it can be very easy to project it on present day people and situations. But it's not really fair to them to do that because they had no part in whatever caused you that pain. And it just, it has helped me kind of reevaluate some things and it helps to look at people differently and to have grace with people. And so then I thought about, you know, like, what do you do, um, with that? And I just thought of the verse Hebrews 11, one, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen, um, so it almost feels like our faith is tested when we don't get things that we hope for because we have faith, we trust that'll happen. Now, maybe it does happen, but it's not in our timing, so it feels like it's not happening. There's that too. Um, but a couple verses in relation to um, dreams and desires and um, things that you want, uh, Psalm 37 verses 4 through 5 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And I think this it's something that people don't think about um, much is when it says that he shall give thee delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. It could go one of two ways. Um, either you know you delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you what you know, you want what you're thinking about, what you desire, or in growing closer to God. See, this is where it comes back to your walk with God. Growing closer to God and delighting in Him, your desires will change, and then you will get your desires. So it's something that I've heard that is just it. It's just like it made me stop and think, like, whoa, because <laughs> we don't always get everything we want, and Often it's not in our timing because God wants us to trust him. Um, and so a couple verses on that, like what if we don't get what we think we need or what we think we want. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says, 
Um, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. In Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So, it is interesting that, uh, uh, I have to stop saying that it's bothering me, but I keep saying, so this is interesting, or I think that it's interesting, because I say that, like, every time, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, that's not necessary, or sounding repetitive, um, but the thoughts that God thinks for us, they're thoughts of peace and not of evil. And sometimes we think, sometimes that's part of the pain, and um, that we think that God doesn't like us anymore. Uh, God, God isn't giving me what I want. He must not love me. But he has, does not have thoughts of evil towards you. He has thoughts of peace. And he just wants you to trust him and commit those dreams and desires. He wants me to trust him and commit those dreams and desires to him. And it's not an easy thing to do and often will result in pain. But it has also taught me that, yes, I might be in pain, but I need to be careful how I treat others because it's not their pain. They didn't cause the pain. It's something that I have to work through. Well, I mean, maybe it's sometimes it's something I have to work through. Maybe sometimes it's just a situation where I just need to give it to God and allow him to heal me. Um, I just finished writing a song at the end of last year called The Value of a Broken Thing. And it talks about just being broken and not understanding what's going on. Uh, facing that pain of rejection, but turning to God and just crying out to him and saying, you know, I, I don't know what to do. You got to show me and I, you just, you got to heal me. And that came from an idea from a sermon that pastor or pastor preached quite a while ago. And his message was entitled the value of a broken thing. And from that came a poem and then a song. The words are not the same in the poem and the song, but the idea is the same. And I want to eventually record that and stick that up on my YouTube channel because it has helped me a lot to think of, you know, it, it's hard to think that being in pain or being broken is a good thing. But it is. And God can make us into something more beautiful than we ever imagined. Um, so, it, yeah. <laughs> it can be a very difficult thing. It's a very painful thing to be broken. Um, and I thought of this too, you know, if we're physically sick or physically in pain, often our attitude is, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. I just want to lay here until I feel better. And I think we act that way when we are spiritually sick or spiritually broken um, we just don't want to talk to anybody. We don't want to be around people. We don't, we just want to, you know, curl up somewhere 
and wait for everything to feel better. And that's not always the case because we still have to be busy serving God as hard as that can be. Um, but yeah, we need to keep, keep, keep serving the Lord and what he would have us to do. And I had another thought that completely escaped my brain. Uh, what was it? Cause it's talking about, oh yeah. And that's one thing I, that kind of leads me back to that reading your Bible and praying every day is that helps with many things. First of all, if you have had hope, your hope deferred and your heart is sick, there is healing in God's word, especially if you read the Psalms. The Psalms are so encouraging to me because David, God called David a man after his own heart and David messed up. But he kept going. David went through some painful things. He went through, like, you talk about depression. Read some of those psalms where he just pours out his feelings to the Lord. It's just encouraging because David went through all this. But yet he kept going. He kept turning to God with his brokenness, with his heartache. And God called him a man after his own heart. And God just... God craves that relationship. He, maybe sometimes he breaks us just so we will talk to him. So we will spend that time with him. I don't know. He, he has many reasons for doing it. Uh, but we're not going to find that healing that we need from, unless we're going to God and reading his word every day. If we're in pain and we're broken, he is the one that's able to fix us. He's the one that's able to help us through it. Uh, but we have to be spending that time with him. We have to be reading our Bible. We have to be praying every day. And I personally have been reading my Bible um, through every year for quite a while, since I was a teenager. And so I always thought, oh yeah, that's a normal thing. Everybody does that. But the more I get to know people, the more I realize it actually is a struggle. Um, but that's because it's the word of God. It's alive. And Satan would love nothing more than for you not to meet with God and not to get to know him and not to grow in Christ. But it's so essential that we do. And that's something that's helped me in my value reading is taking notes. Because then you're expecting God to give you something. And he does. He's, he gives me something from my Bible reading every day. Not always is it a profound truth or something deep. Sometimes it's just one verse that sticks out. I'm like, wow, that's a good verse. And it just reminds me of how good God is. Uh, but I just, I get so blessed by my Bible reading. And praying every day is essential. Um, it's how we talk to God. And I believe it's First Thessalonians that says, pray without ceasing. We should have that, we should be praying throughout the day. Um, but also, we should have that set apart time where we just talk to God. Because he wants to hear from us. That's how we build a relationship. It's just like talking to a friend, talking to a family member. Just, just talk to God. Bring your requests before him. Just Say what's on your mind. God will listen. Um, if you, you know, just maybe spend 
spend time praising him, thanking him. That will put you in a great mood. Um, but also bring your request. Pray for other people. Pray for your church family. Pray for your missionaries. Especially pray for your pastor. He needs it. He has such a huge responsibility on his shoulders that he needs that backup. He needs you to be in prayer for him. And that's just something that God has been showing me that I need to be more faithful in my prayer life. Because I've been reading my Bible for a while. Um, but God has been working on me to be faithful in prayer every day. And to really get to know God through his word. To really learn something from it and to grow in that. So that is my encouragement to you today. Uh, just a couple things from my Bible reading from yesterday and today. Uh, and just, just read your Bible and pray every day. As the song, the kids in my school song says, if you read your Bible, pray every day, then you'll grow, grow, grow. Thank you so much for listening. Just remember that Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. So don't forget to laugh. You'll live longer. Talk to you later. Bye.